Hey everybody, John Fusco here. I know you were expecting another fine episode of Indie Film Weekly today, but guess what? We are on vacation, so instead, we have a special treat for you. A few weeks ago, I got a chance to sit down with Justin Kurzel, director of the new Assassin's Creed movie, which is of course based on the incredibly popular game series. This is certainly a higher profile interview than I'm used to getting, but like many other recent blockbuster directors, Mr. Kurzel is a low-budget filmmaker at heart. At a $130 million budget, Assassin's Creed was a far jump from the $15 million Macbeth, which in itself was a leap from the $2 million he spent on his first feature, The Snowtown Murders. We discussed the biggest challenges not only associated with making the jump from independent film to blockbuster, but also of being on a set where the scale is massive and there are endless voices in your ear throughout production. In the end, he insists what's most important is keeping your vision strong throughout all the voices, and in doing that himself, he hopes to have broken the dreaded video game curse. So let's just get right into it. Um, obviously, this is a big jump from uh, Macbeth was your last film, right? It was great to see that sort of adaptation, and this is a entirely different beast as sort of adaptations yeah. are concerned. But I think that the biggest leap would have to be from doing, wasn't, it was sort of an indie production. Macbeth. Snowtown or Macbeth? No, Macbeth. Macbeth. Yeah, Macbeth. Um, yeah, I mean, it was like, I think it was about 15 million and it was, um, uh, it was an independent film. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah, and this has been, yeah, this has been a massive leap. So, like, comparatively, I don't know if you're allowed to discuss the budget of Assassin's Creed at all, but no, what I think Assassin's that? is about one thirty. Oh, okay, yeah. so <laughs> yeah, it's a big leap. Yeah. <laughs> so then, I mean, I mean, uh, Macbeth was like you know thirty one, thirty two day shoot, right? And and Assassin's was like ninety two, ninety three. And so you, you just told me that you just finished shooting um, four weeks. No, ago? I finished editing. Or editing. Uh, not editing. Okay. I finished post uh, about four weeks ago. So. You know, it's been. I mean, Assassins has been like two years. Yeah. Um, Macbeth was was about j- just over a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You know, it's it's it's. Um, uh, I didn't really expect it to be so all consuming. I don't. Know, I, I kind of. I guess I had these preconceived ideas about films like this and um, kind of how you did them. And um, I don't know. I've. I've I, it felt like making my first film. It was. It was just as you had the same sort of struggles in terms of schedule and money and time and ideas and you know. Um, it was. It was not hugely different. So it was just sort of a matter of scale, would you say, as far it's as scale, like- and it's kind of it's dealing with all the many kind of voices that you've kind of got that uh, are all investments, you know, Ubisoft were, who invented the game and uh, were also one of the movie producers. You've also got kind of Michael, who was a producer, Fassbender, um, you know, his company DMC, who had a huge input into the development of it. And then you've got New Regency who are kind of making it. Um, so you've got, you know, you've got th- three very distinct parties that have a very strong voice about it. Um, and then you've got the expectation of kind of what it, what it, what is it? Are you making it for, for, for gamers? Are you making a film um, to branch out from, from those that are just familiar with the game and into a kind of new audience? Um, and then you've got really complex ideas within the game that you're trying to, you know, you're struggling to kind of get down to a kind of singular idea. Um, so that, I think that was the toughest. I think the actual production side of it, you know, it was just a lot of hard work and I hadn't done action sequences like that before. So I was learning a lot on the run, but fortunately I had Adam Arkapur, my DOP, who I trust enormously, who really took a, a huge slice of that uh, away from me and, and really kind of drove that. But it was, um, it was just a story, you know, how to, 
how to kind of take high concept ideas and you know place them within a kind of origin character story and and, and then just sort of land them within this sort of genre right and there's been i think four assassin's creed games now so you have a lot of material to work with and then like a video game in general it's just an entirely different experience than a film yeah um i mean for one thing it's 30 plus hours of gameplay it's like a high, much more immersive yeah. experience um so I guess that's where the whole video game curse concept comes into play, just because it's such a difficult thing to adapt. Yeah. But before we unpack that, I'd kind of like to, all of the big challenges you said you had were actually like things that I specifically pointed out as questions. And I guess the first one would be to talk about how you deal with all of those visions coming into play. Um, or vision, not visions, but how do you deal with all of those voices heard while trying to maintain your own vision in that, right? And sort of like, um, I guess, making compromises that you'd have to make as a director mm. in a larger scale mm. film versus your independent film experience? Well, you try to, I think the most important thing is you try to listen. You try to listen to what people are concerned about. I think as soon as you feel people are concerned about it not being something else, then I think you kind of stop listening. <laughs> I think it's it's really about look what are the most important things that you kind of that you're 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 trying to tell within the story. Um, you need to be really open and and have a very strong debate about that. And then I think there's a time where all the kind of noise stops and you actually have to commit, you know, and and follow your instincts on 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 something. And that can be that can be tricky because you don't quite know whether you're right. Um, but I, I think strong vision in the end is is always better over whether the choices are right or wrong. Because um, I think that things will be, you know, you, you'll, you'll find a way and, and at least the film or the story will feel a, a kind of sure-footed. But it was tough with this one because there were a lot of aspects to it that weren't quite working, um, that we were desperately trying to kind of find answers to. Um, it took us a long time. It took me a long time to sort of realise that the, that it was an origin story, you know. That that ultimately, at the end of the day, it was it was a it was a man who, you know, was a lone wolf who kind of, um, you know, has has been kind of been brought up without a family and and is kind of very singular and sort of self interested, um, and sort of discovers through the film that he's that that he's actually sort of part of a lineage and an ancestry that kind of goes back five hundred years, and the way he learns about that is through his blood, you know. And I thought that that once we kind of cooked onto that idea and sometimes it's staring you in the face, but for some reason it just took me a long time to kind of find it. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then you put everything behind it, you know, and, uh, and, and, and try to kind of have that as sort of fuel to, to sort of fight your fights. Exactly. I mean, it's like origin story, whatever, eventually you're just like boiling it down to that central concept that's just been in stories forever. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. How did you keep this sort of like an intimate or personal um, project in that sense where, um, you know, it is a huge movie? How did you go about directing it as if it was something of your own that you could um, really let your vision shine through? Um, I had some really good people around me. I didn't trust much at the beginning. I, I kind of you know, you hear all the, 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 the awful stories about, um, you know, control being taken away from a director, especially on films this large and, and it being sort of directed by committee and so forth. So I went in feeling very nervous and sceptical and not really trusting um, that, that this was going to be a kind of process that 
was coming from me, you know, and um, and then I started to kind of realise, I think just by the nature of working with New Regency and, you know, I think I think Arnon Milchan is, you know, an incredibly director-driven producer and, and the company, you know, has created some pretty extraordinary kind of work that has been, you know, um, created by auteurs. So, you know, I, I was really encouraged that that New Regency were, were really I guess wanting me to kind of be very strong about my vision and and uh, you know we're trying to keep that that voice as singular as possible um, and then Ubersoft I think were, were just trusting though they were kind of like you know you've got to find the film in this it's it's got to have your sort of stamp on it um, and you know we we're 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 engaged like when you're actually sort of talking about your approach and the fact that you want to try to do all this for real and you're really trying to concentrate on this sort of singular story um they 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 really started to sort of get behind it but um you know it's it, it it took it took a it took a long time and a lot of it was michael as well you know he was a producer on the film and it was about like how he wanted the character to evolve um, and, um, you know, and that was a different collaboration that I'd had with him on Macbeth. Yeah. I, I, let's talk about that a little bit. How did this relationship between you and Michael start? Marion also was in Macbeth. It, was this sort of like grandfathered in from Macbeth, this whole project or did, was it? It kind of was a little bit. Yeah. It was, um, I mean, Michael and I met after my first film, um, it was playing at the London Film Festival, Snowtown and, uh, we, I, I, you know, I, Shame was playing at the same time as well, and and obviously I was a huge fan of, um, of of Michael's work, especially yeah. in Hunger and Shame. I was um, really, you know, um, interested in meeting him in London. And fortunately, he'd seen Snowtown, and uh, was there was something about that film that he, you know, kind of uh, connected to and wanted to meet. Um, and then we just got together and <clears throat> we had a great time and great night and I, and I knew that he was someone that I desperately would love to work with in the future. Um, and then Macbeth just came along and that was a kind of weird organic experience of like um, I guess a whole lot of kind of similar minds coming together and thinking the same thing. Um, and while we were making Macbeth, I, th- I don't know, there was there was an intimacy that we all had, Marion, Michael and I, um, about the approach. You know, we were trying to do the verse in a very different way um, we were outside most of the time. We, you know, it was very, very trying conditions. And I think that when you feel as though there's a battle, and you're you're doing it with your actors, a, a trust comes out of that, and, and an intimacy um, that then sort of started to sort of, um, I guess, transform into, um, especially towards the end uh, of Macbeth, the, the the idea and the notion of doing Assassin's Creed, which. You know, I think we were quite intrigued by how to take this intimate experience into a into a larger, big budget film, um, and uh, yeah, so that that's kind of how that started a little. With the expectations of the fans in mind, is yeah. that something? I mean, expectation is just such a terrible thing to work with. It's why a lot of people, you know, uh, say that comedy is so hard is because like people go into a movie theater expecting to laugh. Yeah. Um, in your case, you have crazy diehard nerds, um, or fans, I'm, I'm one of them of the game, um, who obviously have their own preconceptions of the game and how the movie should be. Do you look to fulfill these expectations or do you look to maybe find ways in which you can subvert these expectations? Um, well, I wasn't, a, I wasn't, a, a, I didn't play the game. Right. So, you know, and I didn't, I mean, even with, even, even with Shakespeare, I wasn't a huge, 
I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of Shakespeare. I designed Shakespeare a lot, and I'd spent a lot of time in theatre. So you're aware of the baggage, you know. You're 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 aware of the baggage, and you kind of can see it. Um, with this, I was I was actually quite excited by the fact that you know you I was sort of being involved in something that was really loved, and and I knew too that the fans of the game were going to be incredibly opinionated yeah. and pretty kind of brutal. And I'm aware of that. And there are some that are going to love, you know, really get into it, and there are others that are going to hate it. Um, I think that's just the nature of the beast. Um, but I think what was very important was to not to not um, you know to treat the fans with respect in regards to well, look, we were naturally celebrating these aspects of the games that you know, which is why you love it. Um, but but to also kind of not for it not to be in the film to be an appropriation of the game. You know, as soon as it sort of felt as though we were just sort of regurgitating certain aspects of the games or characters or kind of the look and the feel, then I thought, well, what justice is that doing to it? You know, it was my obligation to kind of, you know, put everything into this, treat it as much as I'd treated my other films and find a unique cinematic world to it that, of course, is inspired by the game, but that could exist alone you know as as a film which which is why we approached a lot of stuff in regards to trying to work out how to do a lot of it for real mm-hmm. you know how to how to do a lot of the stunts and the parkour and stuff you know for real in camera on location um and that 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 really intrigued me but the ideas in the game are just fantastic yeah I mean, genetic memory and the ideologies that the templars and assassins follow of free will and control and you know this crazy line you know nothing is true everything is permitted that yeah. assassins kind of speak of i mean that that's insane to kind of like you know forget everything you know to not be be influenced by religion or politics or 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 anything around you even even consumerism to sort of stop and start to think for oneself to find your own self-realization i mean today's day and age i think that's a rarity so you know it was that that was very very important one idea that struck me while watching the movie and, and it has to do with expectations are you making the movie with the idea of wanting the game crowd to come in and be satisfied by the movie? Or would you rather have an audience leave and be inspired to play the game? I think I always looked on just making a good film. Right. And I think getting people really engaged and involved in the world. I don't I don't think I was sort of... I don't, I don't think I'm sort of making the film to get people to play Assassin's Creed that right. haven't played it before. I, I, I want people to be intrigued by it. That's, I, that's, yeah. I think, what, what I was going for. Because yeah. I haven't really played the game either, but it was yeah. the world that you created that sort of brought me into it. Yeah. So yeah. I was wondering... I mean, I, I wanted people to be surprised about, as much as I was, that what's behind this game. You know, that I think it's very easy to be a snob about... about I mean, God, God I was. Yeah. You know, when Michael kind of said to me, you know, I'm kind of developing a video game, I was like, why? <laughs> You know, I was kind of like, you know, and and uh, and that's and it intrigued me about it because you know most people around me were kind of you know, I, I guess I've made these kind of more independent auteur films and and they were kind of going, why are you doing Assassin's Creed? And I felt it made me want to do it even more because I suddenly w- was woken up to the gaming community, and it's incredibly sophisticated. It's it's the the games are are. Um, you know, are kind of like little pieces of art. I mean, Assassin's Creed, the amount of work that goes into um, recreating every one of those games, but then the thought that goes behind um, the, the the ideologies of free will and, uh, and 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 control of the Templars and the Assassins, and just the notion of genetic memory. I mean, we we're talking about it before. You know, 
the, the the idea that you can have some sort of connection with your past, that there that 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 somehow you can consciously touch what your ancestors have experienced, that somehow that leads into um, some answers as to intuition and instinct that you have, that skills that you pick up that uh, are just naturally there, mm-hmm. they all come from something that has happened, you know, um, behind you. Yeah. You know that that. And, and that your only own experiences in life, your blood, what you leave to your children, you have to take responsibility for, you know, that, that if you're, you know, if, they, you, know if, you le- if you lead a life that is full of guilt, that guilt will be passed on to your children, right. you know, and, and that, that kind of notion or idea that there is a legacy um, I, I think is a, is a very powerful one that the game really celebrates. Now, if anyone pitched that in a room make, to make a film, everyone would sign straight away. Yeah, totally. you know. So I, I was kind of really amazed and surprised, not only the the, the the evolution of gameplay, but also just the incredible ideas behind behind Assassin's Creed that that just naturally seemed to be kind of great film fodder. You right. Know? I mean, it's a very sophisticated science fiction idea, really, yeah. that you're yeah, that yeah. boils down to. Yeah, it really is. Um, okay, promise last question. We I'm going to ask this, I ask it to everyone um, that I've interviewed. If you had any advice for emerging filmmakers yeah. looking to break out onto the scene, in your experience, what's your best piece of advice? Um, when I gave, I gave up production design, I was a designer and, uh, I had a really successful career and I gave it all away to start directing. And I started from absolute scratch and for three, four years, there was the most depressing time of my life because you're kind of having to prove and validate not only the decision that you just made to kind of be a director, but also, um, that you can be one. I think the, only, the, the biggest advice I have is to love it. Mm. You know, you, you have to live and breathe it and, and want to be surrounded by film and want to discuss it and want to be brave about it. To not censor yourself, you know, to, to try everything. I mean, Shane Meadows, who did um, This Is England and um, Room for Romeo Brass and Dead Man's Shoes, I was really inspired when I was sort of growing up um, about when he was a student Actually, I don't even think he was a student. I think he, I think he just pretended to go to a film school. Hey, that's what <laughs> you have nailed our target demographic. He so. pretended to go for a film school. I don't think he was even enrolled. He made like a hundred <laughs> films in one year. Every single day, he like did it. And I think that's the biggest thing: is just do it, keep going, and do it, and do it, and you will learn from it, and and just be brave, you know. And it's about conviction. It's about vision, and. Um, you you can't you can't kind of give up. Um, those that don't really have it in their heart, they'll give up because it's fucking hard making being a director. Um, so that 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 would be my biggest advice is is you know just to kind of uh, eat your love for it mm-hmm. and and use that as nourishment to keep going. It's great. Well, thanks so Come much, on, Justin. No worries. <laughs> Thanks again for listening, everybody. I hope everyone's holidays were warm and happy, and you can check out the No Film School podcast this Monday for an interview with Johannes Newholm, director of the TIFF standout, The Giant. I was John Fusco, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jim underscore John underscore Jim. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure and subscribe to our podcast on whatever the podcast platform you prefer. And if that platform happens to be iTunes, well then, hey, give us a review, why don't you? We'll see you on Monday. <laughs>